0: Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast, brought to you by TargetInternet.com. Hello and welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers. And I'm Daniel Rolls. And today, Daniel, we are talking about link building. We are. And
1: I... I'm very interested in this because it's a slightly controversial topic, in my opinion, because the whole concept of link building means that you are doing something specifically to try and manipulate the Google algorithm. But it's not quite as bad as it sounds. And it's not really that I just need to be cautious about how we approach this and think about why link building is important. And therefore, that will steer us in the right direction with all of these kind of things. So if I take it back a few years, and then we'll kind of get into it. So If you look at the core things that affect the Google algorithm, the thing that decides how you get to the top of the Google search results, essentially link building has always been a key one in that we said we need the right words on the page, the on-page optimization piece. And then really one of the key things that had the biggest impact was how many other websites were pointing at you and linking to you. And the logic behind that is purely that if you're doing something great on your website, people are likely to point to it and talk about it. But that led to a whole industry of people trying to create dodgy links. So I remember at the beginning of my career, you could buy this thing for WordPress. You press a button and it would create about 400 WordPress websites, (laughs) steal content on a topic from thousands of other websites, stick them in and then all link to your website. And it would do it in less than five minutes.
0: Holy moly. Yeah, and, and
1: obviously Google detects stuff like this instantaneously now. It just doesn't stand a chance of achieving anything now. Then we got into this kind of guest posting where you would get emails to you saying, hi, do you need valuable content? We provide free blog posts. And they would write some terrible content for your website and link back. That led to Matt Cutt saying, you know, guest posting is dead, which is kind of half true but half not. We'll talk about that in a moment as well. So there's been all sorts of dubious techniques of link building. But if you think about why it's important, is that if you have got something great on your website, people will point back to it. And it's a really natural way for Google to work out what's valuable and what's not. And that's what it comes down to. As I always say, is providing value, whether that is usefulness, entertainment or anything else. That's what people are going to point at. So what we want to try and do is steer in terms of where you're spending your time and resources for the stuff that's going to have the most impact. So, Kieran, why don't you get us going and kind of talk us through where this started uh, yeah, and then some of the I tools.
0: Yeah, so this started, I need to give a shout out to, I think, one of our listeners. He's certainly a, a member of our podcast uh, LinkedIn group. It's a, a gentleman by the name of Omar Ilyasli. Apologies if I've pronounced your surname wrong there, Omar, But Omar wrote a, and shared a post on the LinkedIn group. Which is, I I thought it was really interesting. He basically reached out to, I think, just over 30 different SEO experts. And he'd asked them this question. If you would use only two link building techniques, which two would you choose? And it's a really great post. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. And Omar, thanks, because you really inspired me. The more I read your post, the more I started thinking, Oh gosh, yeah, there, there are all these techniques that we all kind of use and know about. But wouldn't it be great to not only you know leverage on a few of those but also pull together our own experience on on link building and, and give our own take on it now just on that
1: note yeah the idea of saying okay i'm going to go out to 30 people and i'm going to get them to give me a comment and then i'm yeah. going to publish it and then i'm going to go out to them and say look you uh you did this thing uh yeah. you were involved in it and then they link back to you is in my opinion a little bit on the uh, verging on the
0: slightly dubious side of link building. <laughs> I don't know I think it's just a great way of creating good good content yeah why why would you say it's on the verging on dubious
1: because you are doing something specifically to get as many links as possible and as much social as possible although if it provides value and you've got the right people doing it's fantastic and I think that's the balance
0: and and actually he's got some really great people yeah. In in the roundup, you know, not not just anybody he could he could reach. I think, yeah, I know. I think it, I, that's how I read it. It's like, wow, this is a really useful useful resource. And I think, you know, really, the whole technique evolves around original in depth research. Right. You know, and this is actually quite a quite an easy way to uh, to achieve it. You, anybody could reach out to peer group members and get their opinions. I th- and I think, don't get me wrong, I think what he's done is fantastic. I think there's a lazy way of
1: doing it, though, as well, which when you go, what are the ten top 10 digital marketing blogs? And then you list them all, and then you go to people, you're in this, would you like to promote it? And it, you know, it's like, really? Although, if I do an article, what are the top 10 digital marketing books that you should read? Actually, that could still be valuable. So you've just got to make sure that you are doing it for the sake of value, not for the sake of just
0: doing it to get linked. So there's a whole bunch of like link building techniques you can do based around the whole idea of original in-depth research. And there's so many different directions you can take this idea, really. It could be existing data that you already have, uh, perhaps within your, your CRM or within like research that you've done. And Daniel, that's something we did with the benchmark skills test, isn't it? Yeah, so we've been running the digital marketing skills benchmark for a long time.
1: And uh, basically, people come and benchmark their own skills. But we took that data, we anonymized it all, and it allowed us to build a bit of a state of the nation where the industry was. Now, the great thing that happened with this is it got picked up not just by you know, the odd digital marketing website, but national press across the UK were looking at it. But there were insights across lots of industries. So we then went off to certain industries and kind of did a bit more analysis and commentary. And that's the other thing to think about is when you do this original research, what you can do is then chop up that research for a particular industry or a particular sector. And that will get you kind of coverage in that particular area as well. So you can reuse that content. But if you really think about this, what we're doing is a form of online PR. We're finding out what it is that the press wants to talk about, whether that's online or offline, and giving them something valuable and useful that someone hasn't done before.
0: And it, it doesn't have to be, you know, all that groundbreaking. You can literally just give like link roundups. Uh, so for example, I could do a... a, a we're, we're constantly getting links from people that have done like top five, top 10 digital marketing podcasts. If you if you use this idea, please mention us. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It doesn't need to be that... that like that can add value. And I find those things quite, quite useful for researching like topic areas if I'm getting into something and, you know, finding out who's talking about what. I think the important thing is that you, you don't just want to pick like popular sites and link to them. You actually do need to do the research and, and check them out and give an original uh, kind of commentary on, on your That's perspective it. Again, of it. And it's yeah. just
1: providing value. It actually has to have had something gone into it for providing that value.
0: Yeah. Uh, other things you can do, and I think recently it's sort of been a bit overdone, but infographics, I still think are, when when I come across a good and original one, they're they're really useful, right? They are, but... <laughs> but, 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 I love <laughs> infographics, but I
1: think there are so many tools to create, and they're done very generically a lot of the time, yeah, so actually, if you create something that visually is interesting, not just something that's you know is essentially just regurgitating some facts in a very standardized kind of format, uh, so I think yes, there's something good to them. I think there's also you've got to be careful because it's happened previously where people would put the infographic out there and then people would just copy and paste it. So we'll talk about that in a moment in terms of referencing images. But also what would also happen if you weren't careful is if at the bottom of the infographic you had a little link uh, that you said, right, this is the link you should link through to. If you suddenly get 10,000 links all linking to exactly the same bit of text on your website, it does look a bit dodgy, I think. And, you know, there's been discussions before about the Google algorithm picking these things up. So I think, again, do something original put a little bit of text saying please reference it this way and it will naturally kind of evolve from there but it it, just using one of the many tools to create infographics that are very much the same i think you're not going to get value from it unless you really put some effort into it
0: Um, i also found a really interesting tool this came off looking at backlinks that we've got actually um really interesting tool called graffiti.io i'm going to put a link to it in the show notes but this is a tool it's a it's a graph and like infographic search engine it's really really useful and it it got me thinking actually do you know what it doesn't have to be an infographic sometimes just a really good graph can be you know worth a thousand words i
1: think that's a really good point
0: and and they do get picked up by you know lots of google image search now how often do we do we, do we use that well,
1: what i was looking at in our bank link profile the people that are linking through to us there are three or four in the top 10 of things that are being linked to are images. And they are quite often very simple charts that give a marketing model or a template. I think one of ours is a template for a YouTube header image showing yeah. the different sizes it can come in. Yeah. So actually, if you create charts or images that are useful from a template point of view, they will get links as well. And then that leads you on to the next step, which is if people are using your images without referencing them, saying yeah. where I got this from, yeah. then you can go through and kind of get them to reference so what tools would you use to find out where your images are being used
0: this is a a technique known as like finding stolen content (laughs) it's a little bit a little bit harsh but um, there's all sorts of ways you can do it if it's text-based i'm a big fan of grammarly which is the the grammar checker they have a plagiarism checker built in and you can literally in a grammarly document you can paste in um a selection of of your article and it'll reach out and and seek any that article anywhere it's, else it's found. Now, if you know that you wrote that originally, and you're finding it other other places, that means it's been been pinched. There's there's specific plagiarism checkers as well. Uh, there's uh, qtext.com. That's quite good for uh, finding um, text that's that's perhaps been been pinched. Um, and if you find that, you know, you, you might want to reach out to the well. If it's text, you know, I think it's a bit different. But if, if you're finding, because I, really, I don't want people copying, you know, my blog posts per, per se. So it's a question of reaching out and asking them not to do that. But if you if you find your images are being used. There's a really interesting technique. I think you showed me this, which is at Google using Google's reverse image search. Just explain to us how that works, Daniel, because it's really cool.
1: So all you do is you just go through to Google search, uh, go to the image search, and you can drag and drop or upload an image. So you just take one of your own images and then just find out where else that's appearing. Now, that's great because you can find if people are repeating an image, you can either contact them and say, please don't repeat this. But what we're looking at here is saying, actually, that's great. Glad that you're using it, finding it useful. But would you mind please linking back to our website yeah. from that
0: as well? There's another tool that you found for doing that as well. Yeah, it is. It's called TinyEye. Now, we mentioned this years ago when we first started doing the, the podcast. So, tinyeye.com. Sorry, it's T-I-N-E-Y-E.com. Uh, and this can help you monitor, you know, a whole bunch of images. Um similar to I think it works in a very similar way to Google reverse image search but unlike that this is kind of going out and regularly checking it's less of a manual thing now it's it's free for non-commercial use but there is a charge for for commercial use but 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 check it out I think if you've got a you know a, a back stock of uh you know image assets that that you own um that could be well worth investing in the other thing just to say on what you said about people plagiarizing
1: your text absolutely you don't want people copying a bit to your blog post because that could actually create you issues in terms of duplicate content but if you've got a quote that's been taken and someone's referencing something you said so i get this a bit where they'll say blah blah blah. daniel rolls target internet actually quite often you say to those people thanks so much for including the quote really appreciate it would you mind just turning that into a link back to the website yeah there's a big opportunity there and this is one of the things that a few people have been kind of promoting saying actually there's lots of links out there that exist already
0: yeah, I, I'm. That's kind of checking for citations, like whenever you've been mentioned. If you've been mentioned on a website, you know, reaching out to to the website owner uh, or webmaster and just asking if they can turn that citation into a into an actual link. And there, there are lots of tools that you can you know do for use for monitoring you know brand mentions. Um, we've, we've covered those in, in in past episodes. A lot of the SEO tools now now have that because this is like a tried and tested um, technique, right? So yeah. Now, on a similar vein of creating great, creating great quality content, how about creating a super useful tool or free resource that people want to link to and, and share? There's just so many good examples of this. I mean, I, I, I've i lost count on the number of times we've linked to and mentioned you know, services like Answer the Public, uh, which I, I think it's true to say that, that was started by a PR agency. You know, I think they were looking for it to become the SEO master tool that it is. but um, and, and other tools like SEO Minion and Keywords Everywhere, both by the same people. But there's you know, such great free tools. We're always kind of plugging them, I mentioning and I know other people are too. And I
1: think Neil Patel has moved towards this way of thinking as well. He Mm -hmm. was talking about this, saying, look, rather than creating content, which is very hard to get cut through with, if you invest a bit more resource into creating a useful tool, in the long term, that's going to pay a lot more dividend because it's going to get you long-term links. People are going to keep coming back. It's going to reinforce your brand. And it does take more investment in the first place. But actually, if you think about writing 50 blog posts that will get you a certain amount of links and traffic versus one great tool that, that really drives it in the long term, it's probably a lot more valuable.
0: And we should give his tool a mention at this point because it's it's called Ubersuggest. If you do a search for Ubersuggest, you'll you'll get that. I think he's um, sort of taken it on and and developed it in so many different ways. But there's a really great free backlink checker there. So, you know, if you want to find out how many backlinks a particular blog post uh, has had, a lot of the paid for SEO tools uh, have this, but this is a completely free one. And actually, uh, the the backlinks it was finding were, were pretty good. Yeah, and I think just to to remind people as well that Link Explorer
1: for uh, the Moz website is another great way of doing it as well. But it's a little bit confusing when you go into the Moz website between a trial account and a community account. So the thing I always say to people is just search Moz community account. Once you set a community account up, you can then access the Link Explorer uh, for free and you get a set number of searches for free per month. And it gives you some good information. Um, So, yeah, both worth playing around with.
0: All right, so I'm going to mention this because this is something that we've done: start a podcast. I think again, it's 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 in line phenomenal. How many links it builds? Yeah, no, really, it really is. There's so many different things you do. Actually, all of these things could be done with a blog as well. But, you know, techniques techniques like interviews with experts. You know, it doesn't have to be. You you can write an interview with an an expert and get their opinion on the things. And also expert roundups uh, are always hugely popular, particularly at key points in your industry's year. Always, always go down well and can get some some good links because people want to know what the, you know, the, the key movers and shakers and thought influencers are thinking, right? Yeah. And I think the whole thing with podcast is that as
1: soon as you do a podcast and you use the tool like Libsyn or whatever else it may be to distribute it to all those different places where podcasts are listed, mm. you suddenly start showing up on loads of websites that list podcasts and they all link through to you and they all link through to the show notes where you actually store the podcast and so on as well. So mm-hmm. it, it just naturally gets you links through.
0: Yeah, and every time you publish uh, an episode, that's additional links, right? It can be can be really good. It is. Really and good, I, mean,
1: so. I mean, realistically, you know, Google is going to look at these and know which are the higher value and the lower value links, yeah. but it does have an overall impact. Yeah. And then you tend to get listed in things like you know, the top 10 digital marketing podcasts. Yeah. To be honest, there aren't that many digital marketing podcasts out there, so we kind of <laughs> naturally find our way into a few of them, <laughs> maybe from quality or maybe just from being out there and playing. but. Uh, the reality is that it does work for us really well
0: so uh, there's there's still the old practice of just reaching out to to people that have you know great content and and you know good good like backlink profiles and, and asking them for a link to your content there's lots of different techniques that you can do to refine that um but this was something that was um mentioned in in omar's blog by one of the experts saying you know combine the link building outreach that you're you're doing or influencer outreach with an actual phone call because i know there are these tools that can you know blast out email to kind of scale up and, and get your link building you know r- really out there and on track but the problem is we all ignore emails how, daniel how, I many, was just say, how many requests I, do you get by email requesting backlinks on target uh, I, I get at least I, half a dozen a day yeah so I, I said probably
1: get about 10 or 20 a day saying please link to us we're awesome and yeah it's just like okay you just demonstrate no value then you get another 10 that say, oh, you've got this list of top 10 resources on this topic. We, we should be in there. Again, yeah. why would I bother? Then you get the people going, I read your article on XYZ <laughs> and I thought it was brilliant. And it's yeah. like, again, you've just used a tool to do this. Yeah. They all get ignored. Kieran is remarkably polite and, and replies to an awful lot of these, which I, I swear every time I see him replying to them. I'm, I'm a
0: very lonely man well i just (laughs) get excited when people
1: get in contact what's interesting to me on this is these people are doing something they've used an automated tool most of the time to do it yeah they send them out and they're they're
0: eating your time they're taking something from you in exchange for nothing back i've i've become a little bit more thick-skinned uh uh, susanna our commercial director has constantly given (laughs) me direction on this it's like Kieran, what are you doing no don't do it but I, i do like to be polite and i believe you you know you should eat your own dog food you should you should reap Reap what you sow, and you should you should follow your own advice. So, I'd, you know, being nice on online, pleasant online, has never done me any. No, harm. I completely actually, agree with that. It doesn't take a lot. I'd actually, I've got some automated responses yeah. that politely say thanks, but no thanks. However, um, there are a few people out there that have taken this to a new level. So, I really exactly. liked the link builder that reached out to me and said, uh, "Loved your article. Uh, one of the links you you linked to is broken, uh, but we've got this resource that that you know actually does a better job. Would if you would like to use that? Great. And like, well, hey." That's great. Not not hold that up,
1: chestnut. God, that's a that's a technique that's been around for a while. But it, I mean, it's valuable, I guess. Yeah,
0: it is. It is. Well, you know, if I'm not keeping an eye on my broken back links, you know, why 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 not? Now, I'll always take a look and see what kind of quality of organization they are and what kind of company they take. And So you need to be careful with that. But actually, do you know what? If you're doing a genuinely good service, you're not buying this at all. I can see it written all over your face. It's like you are so fond for it. No, I've I got am. I think I'm all slightly more
1: cynical. I think that. Someone pointing out a broken backlink on your website is valuable, but, but again, it's a bit automated. I think this should be more done as... So so. I mean, I've always had a very cynical opinion of these things, so I think you need to find somewhere in between, but partnerships, I think, are key. So for example, I write blog posts for the Chartered Institute of Marketing. I write blog posts for Imperial College, and they will then... And this is basically guest posting, which is generally something I wouldn't necessarily say is a great thing, but actually providing completely new content for them they link back to our website they know we're doing it for that reason and there's a there's a good partnership in place so I think I'm, I'm being slightly sarcastic about it but I think the reality is that you can do this but it needs to be done in the right way I just think there's too many automated ways of doing it
0: yeah yeah agreed and that's why I like the suggestion of actually follow up with a phone call just to make actual genuine contact yeah. I think that's that's nice now I love getting phone calls I know you hate it so you need to pick the Get the right to speak to the right person in the organisation, right? Yeah, if someone phones me up in the middle of the day and says, "Oh, I, <laughs> you've got a
1: broken link in your website. Can I talk to you about it?" I would probably wouldn't be very polite. I probably wouldn't follow your advice. But you, yeah. should okay. say,
0: you should say, "Say speak to Kieran." yeah no. <laughs> to I, I'd say, "Don't don't phone <laughs> Kieran
1: because he's, he's too busy emailing people that are sending him link requests to. He won't be able to take your call." <laughs>
0: Most probably. Now, I want to talk to you about a little bit of a controversial. And technique. by the way, Kieran, sorry yeah. that yeah. that
1: money you were promised from from that prince uh, that's got twenty billion that he needs to put in someone's bank account is maybe not real.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, harsh but true. Harsh but true. I think you're, just, um, you're so, I, obviously okay. a nice natured person, so I, I, try. Okay. I try. Let's <laughs> I'm not being I abusive. <laughs> <but> I apologise. <laughs> so a bit of a. Uh, do you know i'm not sure about this one check in your competitors links there are a whole shed load of we've been re-reviewing all of our seo tools reviews and a lot of the the major tools so i know hrefs and sem rush and also web ceo have tools where you can literally well they'll help find your organic competition and they'll then do a bit of a backlink audit and and highlight you can filter out and highlight sites that are linking to maybe one or two or more of your competitors that aren't linking to you yeah. and i think that's quite that's quite interesting right so actually if you've got that that's that's really good good intel and um you know particularly if they're you know linking to various categories of sites or or you know for, for us for example that might be a uh, you know finding other other people that have been listed in you know top 10 digital marketing podcasts that we're not listed in and um reaching out i think that that's that's good that's good but i think it could also be could could be misused I, if you're not going out to people with a good enough reason just demanding links i think it's it, it,
1: no but i think you what you do is you look at who's linking to your competitors work out why they're getting links and it will give you some ideas for what you could be doing yeah selectively choosing
0: those could be good right
1: yeah, and I don't think it's about going to a website saying link to us. I think it's about going, okay, they're linking to them. Why are they linking to them? What could we do that, that would be valuable enough to generate a link from that place as well? So I think it is a good way of giving you some ideas and just using it as a way of kind of brainstorming what we could be doing.
0: Cool. So what about guest posting then? Because it gets a bad press. But I well, like, I happen to think there's a lot of really practical ways that you can can, can use this. How, how do you approach it? I just refer it back to what I said a moment ago about, about partnerships that I would –
1: build a partnership with someone build a relationship so you can call it influencer marketing whatever you want but it's kind of getting to know someone and saying what can i create for you that would be valuable Uh, and in exchange it'd be great if we could link back to our website in there somewhere but it has to be original content you're creating for them it can't be something that you're trying to get you know posting the same bit out of content to 20 websites and if you pr for a long time all it was was going to an editor a magazine or whatever it was and saying what are you writing about how can i add value to that okay can i give you something And then you got mentioned and you got included. And it's the same thing. It's just it's exactly the same approach, but it's much more granular because it's online and there's opportunity of doing lots of places. And I think as long as you're providing value and original
0: content, it's fine. So you can combine this with one of the things we mentioned earlier. So if you've developed a free resource tool and you do a, a guest post and it's relevant, you know, you can link to that. Within the article, that adds value, but creates that extra link. It's not just a link back to your site, but to the specific tool. I think also, you know, obviously, you can guest post on blogs, but don't forget you can also sort of guest post on a podcast. So, uh, if you reach out to a podcast that you love with some, you know, original content, we've actually had quite a few of our listeners um, come on to our show in the past. We've had some great, great content from from listeners because they're active within our space and and experts within within what they do. So, don't don't neglect that. I think I'm quite taken with it. It's not a technique I've used, but I know our writer Pete swears by this. So he monitors the hashtag journo requests. This
1: works really well, actually. So what you do is you monitor on Twitter generally the hashtag journo request. And what happens is that journalists are writing an article and they would like some input from someone on a particular topic. They might say, "Uh, I want to speak to people that have started a business and experienced a cyber attack. Uh, or, I want to speak to people that have uh, done a certain thing in a certain place. And if you kind of match the criteria, you need to match the criteria. But you can go and say, yeah, we've got an opinion on that. Now, what was interesting that Pete's approach, which is a bit of secret sauce, so I shouldn't be telling you this. So listen carefully. <laughs> Shh. Um, yeah, was that what would happen is that lots of people would get it and say, oh, we've got that. Can we send you an article? And then they would go through them. and say, yes, okay, you can write us something. Whereas Pete would selectively go through and just go, right, I'm going to give you a quote. And they, he would produce the content and just send it over to them straight away. And to say, here you go, here's something you can use. And it would give them the first kind of lead advantage. But also it was kind of proactive. But you have to be very selective if you're going to do this kind of thing. And it is just PR. But it's just doing it in a way that there's a, a constant source of people that are looking for quotes and help. And you just judge the account that's asking for the content in the first place to work out the quality of it and if it looks good there's there's no harm in doing it and you don't always get them quite often you get unlinked mentions as well so then you feedback afterwards and say could you turn that mention into a link as well but we've had some really high profile coverage from big news websites by doing this and that that works really well
0: yeah and actually just a citation look, just simply mentioning your name or your brand does add to your overall value i think google is monitoring those as far as i'm aware and and sucking that yeah, I mean, all in, it certainly doesn't something. hurt. And it, people do read it, and it's good from a branding point of view. Yeah, you? yeah. So don't forget, guys. You can also guest post on your own kind of satellite platforms. So what do I mean by that? Like, well, if you've got a LinkedIn account, you can actually, you know, post stuff out on there that you've perhaps previously posted to your website. Um, we found that a really effective way of reaching. People, because everybody you're connected to will, you know, get that get that flagged, and, and people do, you know, comment and 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 share it further afield as well. And a lot of people are doing this on Medium, which I think I think is really. In fact, um I noticed Omer, who whose original post uh kind of inspired this. He he does this really effectively. So all of his blog content is then posted onto Medium. He always cites that it originally came published from his blog, um, but he's got a really nice little back catalogue of, of of great articles there. So i think you don't neglect it because there's a value not just in having the the link and i'd imagine with mass platforms like that google is is isn't you know taking full notice and, and giving you full credit for a link like that but they are really great at, at building traffic and google does seem to be focusing much more on what people are actually doing and how much content they're actually consuming so when something's possible you know really popular it does tend to flag it up and give it a bit of a boost
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you've got to be careful of duplicate content. So you don't want to just take a whole blog post and stick it into LinkedIn. But what we quite often do is take, you know, two-thirds, three-quarters, a period of time after we publish on the website, Mm. and then say, this was originally posted on target internet, and then point back to it. Now, it may be that that link isn't really getting much value from Google, but exactly as you say, people's behaviour is. So the more people that are clicking through to your website that are then... Recognizing your brand in a search result and clicking on it there because of it, it does have an impact. So I think that's really important. So, any other tools and kind well, of techniques for us? I, yeah,
0: I want to talk about reclaiming lost links. Mm. And I'm going to cite Ahrefs because they've got one of the best articles on this that I've I've read, and it, th- their blog post goes into this in great detail. But just to give you a simple outline and flavour for it, so there are basically three simple things you can do. First of all, you can find your lost links with a, an SEO tool, and a lost link typically uh, it might be a you know somebody's just no longer linking to you. But one of the easier ones is if they're they are linking to you, but it's pointing to a broken page. Yeah, so finding posts that linked to, to pages that you no longer have on your website is really valuable because actually you can just put in a redirect and, you know, redirect that.
1: Yeah, make sure if you do do that, it's a 301 permanent redirect that basically says to Google, it was here, but it's now here. Yeah. And then Google says, okay, that's that's kind of fun.
0: Uh, another little tool that I've I've used sort of linked to this, sometimes you'll find a reference to a, a, a page that's no longer on your website and you don't know what that page was because... It's no longer there. So don't forget, you can use the Wayback Machine to discover what that content was. I love the Wayback Machine. Yeah, it's got me out of so many holes. Do you know, a while back, we lost my amazingly in-depth article on QR codes.
1: Yeah, we (laughs) did. That's a very good... It It was a good article, actually. Yeah, We did lose it. It It was terrible. It
0: got deleted. It was was a black day when I discovered that. It had been deleted for some time. We had a lot of people linking to it. I was able to use the Wayback Machine to recover it because that was the only backup that I had. I love it. Just go back and look at
1: websites what they were what they were ten years ago and fifteen years ago and it's quite amazing to see how websites have changed. So worth playing around with.
0: So any more techniques for yeah, us? Yeah, well finally, just local outreach. And I think particularly with Google's focus on you know local links and local seo it can make such a difference to your localized search engine listings there are a couple i've come across where like hosting a local event and reaching out to local blogs and, and bloggers to perhaps give that a, 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 a plug I mean, i've even known people like well because uh, they know the students union have a have a blog they'll go and give a talk at the students union to get one of those all important.ac.uk or academic academic links so that's quite interesting but don't also don't neglect like listings in web directories that are relevant to your industry i think it's it's not good a good practice to just reach out to some of these services that blast you into every known corner of the internet you can pick up a lot of really low quality and poor yeah i can't believe these
1: things still exist no but they, they say they- uh we'll submit you to 100 directories a month for just <laughs> yeah. five pounds and it's like you know why it's five pounds because yeah. it provides absolutely no value whatsoever but being listed in the local yellow pages, Thompson directory, whatever it is, is valuable.
0: But proper directories as well. And like local business, like Chambers of Commerce will have links and listings. You know, It's important to, to get into places like that because they, they actually have, have value and, and a little bit of credibility.
1: I would also say that whole thing about events is really important. I mean, you speak at events fairly regularly, so do I. And you always end up with a link back to the website from their website where they put yeah. some photos and things like that. So yeah. That really works. And local press. Local press are generally struggling um for content so if you can provide something that's actually valuable and useful they will link back to you as well and and they put it on the website and that's that's good as well so i think these things are actually they really help not just your local listings but overall the the trust in your website
0: and if you do a good job very often you get invited to write a guest post for them which again is is, is, is is great. It's interesting that they'll invite you along to speak face-to-face to their audience to check you out. <laughs> if you're any good, they'll ask for some more. So I'd probably do that the other way around, but yeah, that seems to be how it works.
1: So there are some tools and techniques for helping you think about how you effectively use your time to create content that will drive more link through to your website which will help you move up the search rankings remember you are creating content to provide value to your audience or one of your partners and that in turn should link to those high quality links you can monitor the quality a number of links coming through to you from a number of the websites you've mentioned and there's a whole host of tools in the show notes, so please do go to targetinternet.com forward slash podcast and you will find all of the links in there
0: thank you for listening to digital marketing podcast any final thoughts kieran well i was just going to say if there's any like great link building techniques that you think we've neglected get in touch and and let us know about it and we can 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 add those in yeah or yeah, indeed any truly terrible
1: ones that we've mentioned You think yeah we shouldn't be using Do you anymore? think they're really know. bad
0: we should reconsider and think about what we've said
1: yeah thank you very much for listening and we'll speak to you again on the digital marketing podcast thanks very much for listening to the digital marketing podcast if you want to continue your learning in digital marketing get over to targetinternet.com and sign up for the free trial of our digital marketing e-learning platform there's over 140 bite-sized courses for you to try and lots of other learning resources as well so get on there and sign up for the free trial